Hello, everyone, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. That is Kurt Souter, and he is the head of Further Still Ministries. And we are a little show called Solid Steps Radio that a few years ago we decided let's get together, do a show for men. And we know men talk about sports, weather, and politics really good. We wanted to have an outlet, a tool in the toolbox of men to say, let's talk about other things that are of more eternal importance. Now, don't tell anybody that sports, weather, and politics is not important, but (laughs) there are some things that are more important. And uh, we believe that you are not living your full destiny as a man, no matter what you do or don't do, that you define by manhood. We don't believe that you are living in your manhood if you are not walking with the man and the person of Jesus Christ. And we want to be a place where it's just, again, a tool in your toolbox to walk with God wherever you are in the process. Now, when you hear the show, depending on when you hear it, we are doing a four, now looks like maybe five-week series on spiritual warfare. And today is show number three. Today's sh- show is really reminds me of a story that I heard. I was watching yeah. a documentary. Uh, it's called Sheep Among Wolves 2. I have nothing to do with it. It's just a good documentary. It's on YouTube. It's free. But it's about the expanding church in the Middle East. Uh, specifically in Iran. And there was an American missionary who is based over there, tells this story about of a couple, a man, a husband and wife, who is from Iran, and they moved to America, which that doesn't happen too easily because it's a closed country. In essence, it's a dictatorship. And so you don't get to leave too often. And this is a, a Christian couple. And they leave the country and they're in America, and the wife comes to the husband six months into them living in America and says, I want to go back. Now, obviously, homesick is one thing, but he's like, why do you want to go back? And her response to him was, there is a satanic lullaby in this country, and I'm starting to feel sleepy. In, in the United States. In the United States. Yes. And so that really just stuck with me to realize that we are being lulled asleep by a war that's going on. And in America, I think the ba- best way the enemy is going after America is to make them think he does not exist or there is not a war. And there is a war going on right now. And many people are oblivious to it. So today we're talking about spiritual warfare. The first two weeks we talked about Satan and, We talked about demons the second week, and today we're talking about the warfare itself and how we can stay alive in the middle of this. (laughs) Um, So today we're talking about warfare. So uh, I want to read a little bit of, and what did you want me to read here, Kurt? Teach me here. Well, uh, I wanted you to read Ephesians chapter 6, but I want to remind our listeners that, uh, yes, we, t- we talked about Satan and we talked about the demons and they are, they are fallen angels. Mm-hmm. But Hebrews chapter one says, are not angels ministering spirits? This is talking about the good angels. There's two kinds of angels, the bad ones and the good ones, the fallen ones, the evil spirits, and those that are in the presence of God. And Hebrews chapter one is talking about the, the, the good angels are not angels ministering spirits sent to those who will inherit salvation. And uh, I remember Dean, who trained uh, myself in spiritual warfare, he used to say that the angels of glory, the good angels, they, they have the highest unemployment rate in all of God's creation mm. um, because uh, we, we don't take advantage of their work and their, uh, their, that they can war on behalf of us. 
And uh, that always stuck with me. And that is in Hebrews what? for the Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Mm-hmm. So go read Hebrews chapter 1 and see kind of the role of angels as it relates to us. I think we talked about demons last week. It only makes sense to talk about the good guys. What are they doing for us? Um, but in regards to uh, warfare, uh, one of my favorite books is the book of Ephesians. And that whole book is a letter and Paul spends the first half of the letter talking about something we're going to talk today about. But then he, at the end of the letter, the very end of the letter, he says, finally, and that's Hebrews 6, excuse me, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So right then and there, Paul's saying there are schemes of the devil and we are to be strong in the Lord and his power. And he tells us to put on the full armor of God. Kurt, tell me, talk to us about what does it mean to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power? And what Paul uses the first three chapters of Ephesians to kind of unpack. Well, he, uh, he is saying um, we, are need, we need to be strong in the Lord. Our only hope in trust has got to be in the Lord because he, Dean used to write, a, every time he would write us a letter or a note, he would, he would sign it, Christ is victor. And um, our victory comes through the power and the name and the authority of Jesus Christ who rose from the grave. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Jesus conquered the grave. Jesus is the victorious one and we lean into him. And uh, Jesus said in John 15, you can do nothing apart from me. So you got to abide in him. you got to lean into him. You have to trust in him. And that's how you stay strong. And uh, we're, we're going to unpack a little bit more of some of the spiritual practices that help us do that um, a little bit later. But when we trust in the Lord, when we lean into him and we call upon his name, that's how we have. Uh, that's how we be strong in the Lord. Does that so make sense? It does. So let me ask you this: Take me back to identity one hundred and one. Paul spends the first three chapters of Ephesians talking about it. Yes. We're not going to read all three chapters right now, <laughs> no. but give me a good summation of what he means by identity in Christ in those first three chapters. Most people, when we think of our identity, we think of I say, "Well, who are you?" And you say, "Well, I'm Chad Russell." No, that's your name. You say, well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a real estate guy, and I happen to do radio. No, that's what you do. Who are you? I am a child of the King of Kings. I'm a child of the Lord of Lords. I am a child of God, and nothing can change that. He has purchased me. I'm not my own. I belong to him. His blood has purchased me. My identity is I am a Christ follower, born again, follower of Jesus, Christ who lives in me by the power of the Holy Spirit, that's who I am. And when we don't understand that, we begin to live out our identity. Well, I, I, here's, I'm a lawyer, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm a nurse, I'm a doctor, I'm an electrician. No, that's not who you are. You have been born again, bought with the blood of Jesus. That's who you are. You are a child of God. And we don't understand who we are very well. And that's why Paul, in the first three chapters of Ephesians, is addressing this whole piece of identity. Um, 
you are in Christ. You're in Christ. You're in him. You are, you are a follower of Christ. That's who you are. And when we live that out, we live in victory. And it doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we're going to be sinless. It doesn't mean that we don't fumble the ball periodically. It doesn't mean that we don't mess up. It, but it means that Christ in you, the hope of glory, that is who you are. Mm. And um, so that's why he spends the first three chapters. People ask me, um, you know, many times say, well, I'm a sinner saved by grace. No, you're much more than that. You are a saint of God. You were an enemy but now you're a friend of God. You were far away, now you've been brought near. You walked in darkness, and now you are in the kingdom of light. That's who you are. And when we don't understand who we are, our identity in Christ, we live out who we think, what we think. Mm-hmm. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so when we, th- we begin to think about our work uh, and our identity comes from that, our identity comes from our hobbies, our identity comes from our family, our identity comes from what we do, no, that's not our identity. And that's why Paul addresses it so, so much in the first three chapters. And he really, in those first three chapters, he also talks about who God is, mm-hmm. first and foremost, who yeah. the Father is, yep. who Jesus is. And we are in all of that. And so... What ha- what's the problem with someone when they don't know who they are? How does spiritual warfare affect them if, they, if their identity is sketchy or if, first off, maybe talk to the person who has not found their identity in Christ, but then the person who has come to Christ, what happens the way God sees them and how their identity changes? But if you don't have a good view of what, who you are in Christ, how does spiritual warfare oh, play into that? The enemy will, will get us to live in fear, will get us to live an anxious-filled life, a life filled of stress, because we get our eyes off the mark. We get our eyes off of Christ. And, um, and, and then he, he knows that if we trust Christ, we're born again, we are new creations in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come. He, the enemy knows he can't change that. Right. But if he can get us to live out of fear, out of anxiety, out of uh, stress, ah, we won't live a full, abundant life that Christ has for us. We're going to take a break, come back in the next segment and talk more about identity and who we are in Christ and how that affects us in spiritual warfare here on Solid Steps Radio. Today we're talking about the warfare itself and how we uh, stay alive in it. And uh, Ellen and Credit Union has stayed alive a long time. They've been around for decades. They help people with their financial needs, personal, commercial, loans, you name it. Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you. Vision First Eye Care, if you need a healthy set of eyes, contacts, glasses, or just want overall eye health, a great place to begin is Vision First Eye Care. Rod Rollo and his crew will take care of good care of you, and you're not just a set of eyes, you're a person. And then Frank Enterprises, uh, professional septic tank landscaping and wastewater management services. If you've got water outside that's not draining or going where it's supposed to go, Frank Enterprises can take care of you in that regards. So last segment, we were talking about our identity in Christ and how really it's almost like it's a top button in the spiritual warfare battle. That If you get the top button right of our identity in Christ and you have that in your mind, you're absolutely, that is the top button. Would you say that you're at, knowing your identity and who you are is the most important aspect of spiritual warfare? That and understanding that God is in you and, and, and he, is the, he is the one right. that is all-powerful and he lives in you. Right. D- Dean used to say, 
that he would quote, and I think I've mentioned this before, but it's worth repeating, Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth is my, has been given to me. And Dean used to say, hey, Kurt, how much authority is that? I said, oh, that's a lot. And he goes, no, it's more than a lot. It's all authority. And then he would say, who lives in you, Kurt? The one who has all authority in heaven and on earth lives in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Live out that authority. Don't abuse it. Don't misuse it. Don't mistreat it. Don't malign it. But live under the authority and with the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that has all authority. And he's living in us. This is a mystery. The Holy Spirit lives in us, and, and he wants us to live out with that power and that authority. Mm-hmm. And so, we, 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 it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, but when we have that in our minds and in our hearts, it changes the way we live. Right. So talk about the person who says, okay, I, I, I'm a new creation. I get it. I, I, when I was a child or last week, gave my life to the Lord. Talk to them about the process of having their identity changed and how that should affect their change. That, that the Bible would call that, that's the sanctification process of a follower of Jesus. That means we begin to be conformed to the image of Christ. And that means we can't do it apart from him. But there's, our, there's work on our part. I mean, the Lord does the work in us, but we partner with him. We, we have to go along with him. That means, uh, you know, Chad, you have done this, and I've done this for decades, reminding myself of the truth. So let me just read a couple uh, truth statements for our listeners. Um, this comes out of uh, some work of Neil Anderson, but it's really out right out of the Bible. I believe that apart from Christ, I can do nothing. So I declare my complete dependence on him. I choose to abide in Christ in order to bear much fruit and glorify my Father. I, I announce to Satan that Jesus is my Lord. I reject any and all counterfeit gifts or works of Satan in my life. That's just one statement. Um, it comes right out of a couple different passages of the New Testament. Here's another one. I believe that the truth will set me free and that Jesus is the truth. If he sets me free, I will be free indeed. I recognize that walking in the light <clears throat> is the only path of true fellowship with God and man. Mm. So those are all statements that are true statements in the scriptures and that they, somebody goes, well, if I gave my life to Christ, when does that become true for me? Well, really at the, at that moment, when you believe and you put your faith and you become born again, these things become true for people. Yes. That's why Jesus says, to his disciples, it's true of us. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are a new creation in Christ, Paul writes. The old is gone, the new has come. That's You are a joint heir with Christ. That's who you are. So when somebody reads Ephesians 6 and it says, when Paul tells them, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, it's really that the power of the cross, the power of Jesus' death and resurrection in us is now made available to us, right? That same power that's in us. And so I think people sometimes can probably get confused by that by either abusing it or misusing it, like you said, right? Yeah, and that's uh, that was Dean's encouragement and exhortation to me, you know, 25 years ago. Uh, Use and exercise the authority of Jesus, but don't abuse it. Don't mistreat it. And um, 
But we have to understand. The classic example is Acts chapter 19. There were some people who they were watching the apostles perform miracles in the name of Jesus. And so they were, they go, hey, if we just start throwing this name Jesus around, we can, we can do some stuff. And they, they were approaching a, a man who was possessed by a demon. And they said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, we command you. And, they, and, and, and the, 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 the man, the demon said, oh, I know about Jesus. And I know about Paul, but who are you? And that's when the demon-possessed man whooped their rear ends. And it was, it was uh, because it wasn't in them. They were just trying to throw around Jesus' name. They didn't ha- have any identity in Christ. That's exactly right. And so um, we, we have this identity that, and how do people really grab a hold of this identity? How, how can they know and really grab hold of it and walk in this identity victoriously? It, it is completely impossible apart from the word of God, the word of truth. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 12, let's be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says it in Philippians 4. Hey, I want you to take, uh, or 2 Corinthians uh, 10, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You can't do this apart from your mind and exercising your thoughts, taking them thought, taking those captives, uh, thoughts captive. Uh, Philippians 4, he says, I want you to think on those things that are true and pure and right and lovely of eternal worth and value. You have to think on those things. And, uh, you know, again, Proverbs says, a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as Christians, as Christ followers, we have to be men and women and children who know the word of God and go to the Bible and that we are going to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways we acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. He'll make our paths straight. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so the remaining couple of minutes here of this segment, I want to transition and talk more about the Bible and spiritual warfare. So we've talked about your identity in Christ, what Christ has done. You put your faith in Christ, you receive an identity. When the Father looks at you, if you're in Christ, he doesn't see sinner. He sees son or daughter. And, and, he, that, see, and he sees saint. So that identity changes, not just from our perspective, but from God's perspective. Absolutely. And so when he sees us, he sees someone different. He doesn't see our sin. He sees through the blood of Jesus us and we're white to him, not as far as wearing white, uh, the robe of righteousness, right? It's you're, you're white and you're clean. God wants us to remind us of our, uh, our, that Christ is in us. Satan wants to remind us of our sin. Right, and that's where the identity battle. That's huge. Right. So, so folks, when we fall short, when we, when we miss the mark, we say something, we do something, or we, we don't do something that we should do, and, and we sin. The enemy wants to remind us of that sin, and we need to remind ourselves, yes, I did that. Go ahead and confess it. I did that, or I should have done that, and I didn't do that. But based on the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am forgiven, and I am free in him. We have to remind ourselves, and and. Um, that's the beauty of the cross. If, if, if we could do it on our own, then Jesus died for naught. But it was through his death 
and his crucifixion and death and burial and resurrection that we gain life. And then that's why we become sons and daughters of the Most High. So now let's transition into talking about the Bible itself and how it is an effective tool or what we do in warfare and even how the enemy can sometimes use the Bible. Talk about that here in the next 30 seconds here. (laughs) Talk to me. We're going to talk more about that in the next segment about the Bible and warfare. You know, uh, if you look at Jesus's life, we are to pattern our life after Jesus. And in Matthew chapter four, in the great temptation, he's in the wilderness. He's there for 40 days. The enemy comes to him. And every time the enemy comes to attack him, to tempt him, Jesus takes the Bible, the scriptures, the holy truth, and he battles the enemy with truth. He reminds the enemy of the Bible, of the word of God. He quotes Deuteronomy. We're going to take a break, but also as a reminder, Satan used the Bible too (laughs) in that situation. So we're going to take a break, come back and talk more about the Bible and warfare and how it is an absolute and essential part of being victorious here on Solid Steps Radio. If you want to have a victorious podcast and really get your word out to people, you need to go to Louisville Podcast Studios. That's podloo.com, P-O-D-L-O-U.com. If you want to have a professional-looking, professional-sounding podcast, something for YouTube, something for uh, you know iTunes, any place you want to put a podcast, that is the place to go. It will look good. It will sound great. And it is the best uh, in Louisville in regards to putting together an award-winning-looking podcast. So please look up podlou.com, Louisville Podcast Studios, and Bright Star Home Care. If you have someone who needs in-home care one day a week or seven days a week, no matter where they are on the spectrum, Bright Star Home Care can help you walk through that process. That is brightstarcare.com. That's brightstarcare.com. And then Dan Hart Financial. You'll hear him advertised here on the radio station. If you want to talk about what a retirement looks like, what does a wise retirement looks like? You may be a few years off or a couple decades off, but if you want to talk about retirement, Dan Hart can take care of that. So the last segment we talked about, a uh, couple segments, we talked about identity in Christ, You know who we are once we come to Christ and we give our life to him and he then uh, makes us into a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, says the scriptures. We then started talking about, well, how do we walk in our strong identity? And we started talking about the Bible. And you made a statement about how it's, it's, you, you cannot separate from walking in victory. I'm paraphrasing. You cannot walk in victory outside of the scriptures. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, again, what Jesus did is, um, you know, he saturated his heart and mind. He quotes the Old Testament scriptures. He alludes to them and he fulfills them over and over again throughout the Gospels. Jesus knew that the truth uh, Jesus is the truth, but so is the word of truth. And so w- Satan's lie, his lies and his deception, that's his power. That's his, that's his, uh, that's his a game. Right. And so, well, how do we counteract that? We, we have to know the truth. And, um, and, and that's why we have to know the scriptures. Um, the psalmist said, it doesn't mean that we go, you know, we have to, read the scriptures. We, I think we need to study them. I think we need to memorize them. Jesus memorized scripture over and over again. We see it in the, in the gospels. 
Um, and so if that was important to Jesus, my goodness, I think it ought to be really important for us. Right. And I think we ought to have a game plan of how, how are we going to bring the scriptures into my heart, into my life, into my mind, into my soul. And, the, you know, Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man. Whoa, blessed is the man. I'm all about that. How do I be blessed? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. And so if we begin to take the scriptures and we meditate on them day and night, that means throughout the day, you're thinking, you, you, have, you just take a little verse that you read in the morning that's that you want to just reflect on, that you want to meditate on, that you want to chew the cut on, to stick it in your car while you're driving down the road. I had, I had a guy years ago, he, he would put it in a, a Ziploc bag and put it in the shower, and he would be meditating it. Sometimes he would memorize it, reflect on that verse. Uh, I, that, I think we have to do that right. if we are going to live the victorious life. Well, you look at the contrast between in Genesis when Adam and Eve are talking to Satan through the serpent. The sa- Satan says, or the serpent says, did God really say? So he was questioning, making them, Adam and Eve, question what did God say to me? And he twisted them around, right? And yeah, that, that, and that's a whole piece of doubt. And then, he uses doubt a lot. And then when you see Satan interacting with Jesus, his response was strictly scripture. For those of you who aren't familiar, you go to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I don't think it's in John, right? No, it's it's just in Matthew four and Luke four is the temptation accounts. Okay, and so um, you've got the interaction between Jesus and Satan, and when asked and tempted by Satan, Jesus' response was nothing but Scripture. Yep. The Word of God says, but also in that interaction, Satan uses some Scripture as well to try to tempt Jesus. Talk about that for a second. Well, he, he just, he tried to trick Jesus. He was taking it out of context and uh, that's what he'll do. I think Satan was going, oh, you want to play the scripture memory game, Jesus. Okay, I'll, I'll, let me give you a little scripture. And he used it and twisted it and tried to get Jesus to stumble. And uh, Jesus responds again back with, no, no, this is the truth. And I'm anchoring my life on the truth. And, um, and, and that's why it's critical for, for us as Christians that we, we, we just can't go to a Sunday morning worship service once a week and think that our souls and our lives are going to be victorious if that's all we're doing all week long. Right. That's like me handing you a piece of bread Sunday morning and saying, I'll see you next week. Uh, good luck. Um, uh, in your physical diet. Right. I mean, you got to eat every day. Well, so do we. We have to eat every day. And uh, there's a host of resources. Uh, and, and I think I, I was just listening to a guy who was listening to some really great biblical preaching, and he says, but I didn't read, really read my Bible. And I said, but you were listening to the Word of God. You were listening to the preaching of God's Word. Don't underestimate that, that you are doing that as well. You, uh, you know, he was kind of beating himself up. Rejoice that you are, able, you are soaking in God's word, God's truth as it's being preached. And not just on Sunday, but he's doing that throughout the week. 
And he's also reading, but there's many approaches of how we can take in God's word and God's truth and how do we draw near to Jesus. Because that's, I mean, that's the key. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's what James says. Right. So, so the Bible refers to itself at sometimes as food, right? Some type of, of some nourishment. And question is readers or excuse me, listeners is, is your reading of the Bible? Are you snacking? Are you feasting on it? And like Kurt said, if you're just listening Sunday and you're listening to it be preached and you're not opening up yourself, you're probably malnourished, which means, does that mean people can be wide open or at least open to demonic activity and warfare in their life? I just think it means that the enemy has a much greater advantage of victory over you. And in many times, I mean, I think there's, it's one of the greatest commands in the Bible. Do not fear, fear not, fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Well, why is that repeated over and over again? Because our tendency is to walk in fear and to be fearful people afraid of that. I'm not, I'm not going to succeed at work. Afraid that I'm not going to get that deal. Afraid that our kids are going to, you know, going to grow up and, you know, mess up. Afraid of so many things. And the enemy, if we're not careful, um, we allow fear to dictate our lives or anxiety or stress. And, and that's not God's, the abundant life that he has for us. And so we have to take in his truth so that we can live the, the, the victorious life that he has for us. Right. And in finishing up here in this segment here in Ephesians, where he talks about the armor of God, the word of God is mentioned as what part of the armor. It's the sword of the spirit. So the only weapon we have, o- only offensive weapon described in that sec- section there is the word of God. That's right. But what's the significance of the word of God in that context, the way it's written? Well, it's a, it's a sword. It's, it's, it's an offensive weapon. All the other, when you put on the full, full armor of God, the first piece is the belt of truth, which is critical. Right. Um, the breastplate of righteousness, the put peace on your feet, take up the helmet of salvation. But the, take, the sword of the spirit is the offensive weapon. That's how we gain victory in the spiritual realm is taking the word of God and we walk in victory because it's God's truth. It's not ours. It's his. And the word in there in the Greek, which I'm not a Greek expert and you don't have to be, but it's been pointed out very significantly that the word for word there is the spoken word, not the written word. Talk about the spoken word of God here in this final minute and how it's an offensive weapon. Um, When we proclaim the truth, when we read it and then we and, and that's why I like to read it out loud. There's something powerful about reading the word of God out loud. Um, it renews and re, it bolsters our faith. It, it increases our understanding because we're exercising. Um, not, when we just read silently, we're just using our eyes and our minds. When we read it out loud, the word of God, we're exercising our tongue, our lips, our eyes are seeing it. Our ears are hearing it. Our mind is is exercising. I mean, we're using multiple senses, and, and there's just power in that. We're going to take a break, come back for our final segment, and we're going to talk more about uh, what uh, another component, which is prayer, and what does that mean. So stay tuned for that, and we're going to make an announcement about the coming shows about the spiritual warfare. So we'll take a break here on Solid Steps Radio.
if you have not heard the first two episodes of this previous episodes and the first two three segments of this today's show you can go to soundcloud or itunes or you can go to facebook and just type in solid steps radio and you'll see all those shows commercial free thanks to our great sponsors like southern smoke catering barbecue mr chris hadley award-winning is he a chef what does he call himself a cook he's a barbecue specialist okay we'll call him that sounds good <laughs> his website is southern smoke bbq catering ky.com that's southern smoke bbq catering ky.com they are catering only award-winning barbecue company and if you need some great uh barbecue you can put some south in your mouth with Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue, Iroquois Family Dent. Let me try that again. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Eric Veal and his crew. They will take care of your teeth. If you need somebody who can take care of your teeth, make you looking good and shining good, uh, Eric Veal and his crew will take care of you. And Veritech Generator. If you need a generator in your home or business, or you have one that needs to be serviced, Veritech Generator. We'll take care of you, have them come out, give you an estimate, and give you some insight on your generator. So we were talking in the last segment about the importance of the Bible and, and warfare, how it's, it's, it's essential. Uh, but let's segue in here to the other part of, of, of warfare. When Paul is writing Ephesians, he says, put on the armor of God, which is truth and righteousness, and all, he goes through the list, and then the sword, which is the spoken word of God, rhema, which is the Greek word rhema, it means speaking the word of God as our offensive weapon. But then he has an and after he mentions the word of God. He mentions the word of God and, and then he proceeds to repeat a word six times in the text. What is that word? What is that word, Kurt? That oh, he says, it's pray. Put on the armor of God pray, and pray. Pray, pray, pray. Let me read it real quick uh, because it's, it's, it's that rich and it's that powerful. It says, and put on the full armor of God, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and then, and pray. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains. And then he says, and pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. One, two, three, four, five times five it says times, that yeah. it's mentioned pray. So you know what I like to do, Chad? I like to pray the Bible. Like I like I've I prayed for years with for my kids. Prayed for for twenty two years with Kristen. I did this. I'm praying this now for the last five uh, five and a half years with Nancy. And it's not always with them, but I pray this for them, and yeah. I pray it for me as well. You got some notes written down there. Just give us an idea of what that looks like. Okay, so like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Many listeners, you might know this. If you don't know this, just go to Proverbs, turn to chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And so I'll say, Lord, would you please help Nancy today? Help Nancy to trust in the Lord with all her heart. Lean not on her own understanding, but in all her ways to acknowledge you, and you will make her path straight. You'll direct her steps. That's, that's one passage. Romans 12. Lord, help Nancy today. Help me today to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Lord, help me to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Lord, help me to, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Lord, help me to flesh out the fruit of the Spirit 
Help Nancy today have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. God, help us to have the fruit of the Spirit today coming out of our lives. Um, just simple Philippians 4.8. Lord, help me. Help Nancy. Help my kids. Help Olivia, Drew, Ivy, and Ellie and their, and their families. Lord, help them to think on those things that are true and pure and right and lovely of eternal worth. God, help them to think on those things today. So in, Eph- in Ephesians, Paul's saying basically two things to fight this battle that you don't see going on. Putting on the armor of God, which is related to identity, who you are. Uh, the word of God is part of that armor, which is the sword of the spirit. And then he says, and pray five times to pray continually, constantly in different ways, pray in different ways. So I think it's interesting, though, also when you look at when Jesus said, when we, they asked him, teach us how to pray. And he says, when you pray, pray this way. Well, at the end of that prayer, what does he address? Uh, and um, do you know that prayer? Let me teach you that prayer. <laughs> Kurt, teach, teach it's called that. the Lord's Prayer. Is that Our what it's Father called? in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's my old Catholic coming out of me. I know that by verbatim, baby. At the end of the uh, prayer, let me, you don't start at the end, do you? You always start at the beginning, right? I usually start at the beginning. I know, I know. I bet you start at the end. Lead us not into temptation, temptation, but deliver us. us from evil. So when we're praying, if part of praying is not part of spiritual warfare, Jesus would have not said it. And part of what the prayer is, if we need to be delivered from evil, then apparently evil is in proximity. So we wouldn't be praying that if Jesus didn't say it and if it wasn't important, right? And and Jesus in John chapter 17, the longest recorded prayer of Jesus, two different times in that prayer, he says, Father, protect them from the evil one. And one of the things that we guys, we husbands and fathers um, that we need to do, we need to be praying for protection for ourselves and for our, our families from the, from the works of the devil, from mm-hmm. the evil one. I think that needs to be a regular practice of we pray for protection. And when Peter was talking, Jesus was talking to Peter, he says, what did he tell Peter? He says, Satan is trying to do what? He's trying to sift you as wheat. And Jesus said, but what am I doing? But I am praying for you, Peter. Right. I've prayed for you, Peter, and and you're going to do, you're going to hang in there. I, that's a little par- <laughs> a loose paraphrase. Kurt's out of paraphrase. <laughs> so in the remaining few minutes here, um, I, I, I want to kind of set our readers up for the next couple weeks. We were going to do four weeks. Now we're going to do five. Because we got to talking and said, you know what? There's a little bit more to this. And we just want to be able to, the first three weeks here, we've been talking about Satan, who the enemy is, demons, who are his his lackeys, his little army of of, uh, minions minions who are doing and causing chaos. Today, we talked about the implements of warfare that we need to survive, which is our identity in Christ, the Bible, which is the word of God, and then prayer. And so next week, next two weeks, we are going to answer some questions. And I'm just going to tell you what the questions are in advance. This is like a test. You get to know the answers to questions in advance. But we're going to talk about these in more detail in the coming weeks. Because most people have had some questions like something like this. What do we do on a day-to-day basis in regards to warfare? Okay, that's one question. What does that look like on a day-to-day basis? Or are we supposed to wait for somebody to start levitating above the bed? Or do we just 
or everything's okay? Do we need to be praying or what do we need to do? Another question is, and a lot of people have talked about this, what about my kids? Are, are kids susceptible to demonic activity? And what do we do when our children are under attack? We think it could be by demonic attacks. What does that look like? What are we supposed to do as parents or loved ones for kids? Another question is, what do we do if we feel like we are under attack personally? If we are going about our day, laying in bed, going to work, coming home, and we feel like, what are some of the signs to be looking for for demonic activity? Can a Christian be possessed? Can a Christian be attacked and not possessed, but maybe oppressed so much that it causes them to do harmful things to themselves or other people? Those are some of the questions we're going to tackle in the next couple of weeks. And if you have some questions, you hear the show, go to our Facebook page and type in Solid Steps Radio and message us or go to the link and say, hey, I've got some questions about spiritual warfare. We're going to hit some of those questions and then others. So as we end up here, Kurt, how about you pray us out of here, taking in what we've said to do to pray for us in regards to spiritual warfare. Okay, let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are victor. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose from the grave and you conquered death and you resurrected and you demonstrated your power and your dominion and your authority over all, that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. And Lord, so help us as folks that are listening to this right now, help us as men, help us to live under and with that authority. And Lord, help us as guys to to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Help us to be men who know and live out your word and your truth. Help us, Lord, to renew our minds and to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And Lord, help us to trust in you, trust in you with all our hearts, and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways, all our ways, we would acknowledge you, and you'll make our path straight, you'll direct our steps. Lord, we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the book, The Art of War, the writings of a Chinese general from centuries ago, there was a quote in there that I thought pertains to what we talked about today and in warfare. He says, victorious warriors win first and then go to war, while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek to win. You're victorious in Christ. Now go out and win. Thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio.